Hey there, this is Kat Stancic with the Revenue Accelerator Podcast. And today I have a two-for-one special. So I have Daphne Jones, the smart money chick, and Roberta Ravella. So what's really amazing about these two women is they found each other. They found each other and started to take action in their business that they, they're doing this, you know, going to market with a solid message. And I'm going to let them tell you a little bit more about who they are, what they do. And then we're going to jump into some pretty interesting topics in terms of how to help you all make more money in your business faster with some of the strategies that Daphne and Roberta use in theirs. Good morning. Uh, Thanks for having us, Kat. We are podcasters ourselves. We have the Grown Women Growing Wealth podcast. Um, Basically, Daphne and I met at a networking group in Houston, And we were both kind of doing different things at the same, you know, then than we are now. And both of us were looking, you know, career after corporate and what do we want to do? What, what is that iteration going to look like? And so that's um, what our podcast is for, for women who are about our age. (laughs) And uh, young and sexy, Uh (laughs) grown women. Um, and for whatever reason you left corporate, they, they ask you to leave. You were sick of it. Uh, you raised your kids, whatever. Your soul and, was dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're now in your self-employed, um, iteration and, you know, we, we have guests on and we ourselves, um, are there to help those women through that journey. Mm. Yes. The, uh, grown women, as I said, you reached, as Roberta was saying, you reached, uh, at this point in, in your life, you're making decisions, you're living in your previous decisions, but you're ready to move forward, whether it be leaving corporate, the kids are out of the house now, and you pretty much want to do what you want to do. So mm-hmm. in many cases, it's we're talking to entrepreneurs, so we can give actual straight technical information because we bring on CPAs, bookkeepers, attorneys, uh, I think we even had one lady, she was a transition specialist, mm-hmm. which is that she helps people sell their businesses. So there's information that way. And then we also talk mindset, entrepreneurial mm-hmm. mindset, and then money mindset, because your money mindset affects how you run your business. So true. Um, I think I've seen a lot of people kind of, I mean, either they hit that revenue plateau or they go back right? Because of these money mindsets. I mean, I know the, the, the financial thermostat, right? Which is what is that thermostat? 10% above it, people start sabotaging to get back to that number. 10% below people start hustling to get back to it. And it's about that strategy of raising the financial thermostat. So you're not always doing these ebbs and flows between those revenue targets. Right. And because I find with clients, it's the belief that you can control that thing called money. It's, it's, Oh, are you saying that there's control in our business that it's not all <laughs> luck and we just have to hope and pray and stand in a corner and <laughs> no, it's work hard. something to work harder. <laughs> yeah. <I'm kidding. laughs> but well, that you do have control. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, and it's part of what you guys did when it came to podcasting, because that is a controllable lead generation and value generation generating strategy so what why podcasting like why that as a strategy for you guys to use as part of your business i blame daphne <laughs> well one it uh, um you know here comes the cliche it allows you to present yourself as an expert you it allows you to get in front of an audience and particularly mm-hmm. podcasting because it's audio you're in someone's ear we mm-hmm. there's a visual component 
but audio, um, the ability to, they've chosen to listen to you or they've stumbled upon you and it's long form, much better than an ad or a commercial. It's long form. And someone's there listening and you can actually complete the point. This is more than trying to get it out there in eight Mm -hmm. seconds. What's your 60 60 second elevator speech? Yeah. A bit more than that. So you're allowed to present yourself as an expert and it's repeatable. Uh, We've Mm -hmm. all heard the what seven to 10 times rule. You have to touch someone. Mm. so it's a great way to talk about your business not just your business but to um help others in there so Mm. you're giving and you're you're also teaching at the same time yeah gives people the opportunity to get to know you get to know what you're about the kind of people that you surround yourself with the values you have um but when we first started we were like this could be fun (laughs) Daphne had already done a few podcasts that kind of fizzled out. And I was like, um, her, she's got this crazy idea that when you, when you come up with something, some idea in your business, like you need to get it done, like get it to market. And I'm like, all right, Daph, let's do a podcast. So she, <laughs> she's like, okay. Um, so I think for people who are considering it or whatever, you don't have to have all your ducks in a row to start. Like, that was one of the things um, that we got in some podcast coaching as well as like, let this thing morph into what it's going to be. So it can be more about you and you can learn, Hey, who do you want to talk to? What is valuable to your guest? Mm. Um, you know, what do you want to communicate? Do you want a hardcore sell? Do you want to just have fun and see where it goes? Like you can kind of bend it in, in multiple directions. So how do you guys tap into that? I mean, I, I, I really appreciate that you're, you're connecting to your ideal client and trying to craft the message around what would be a value to them. So how do you figure that out? Because I think a lot of people still struggle with that, even when they're making billions of dollars is really connecting to that ideal client persona sometimes. One is who is responding back to you. Mm. Uh, we've, we've kicked up our marketing uh, as far as like getting more clips out there, videos mm. is, is a big component uh, and l- responding to your social media. Now, I know you often hear like, uh, don't read the comments, but you kind of do need to go into the comments to see what they're talking about. Yeah. And before the next thing comes up as to what media are you using? OK, they all work if you work it, whether it be Instagram, whether it's Facebook, um, Twitter, whatever you're choosing to to get your message out there, see what the people are talking to you and ask them, ask them, go out there, you know, put yourself out there and ask, ask, ask your friends to listen to the Durham podcast, send them an episode and bug them. Yeah. Did you (laughs) listen? Well, come on, just listen. It's just right there asking. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think that has, it's a lot of places where when it comes to, you know, whether content creation, podcasting, selling, you know, anything having to do with money, (laughs) this asking component. And I think a lot of women kind of get triggered by that of asking for something that they want. I mean, I know you're a mindset expert, like what, what, what's that about? A lot of it is training culture, socialization. Mm-hmm. big time of, about not asking don't be pushy don't be forward a big thing submissive for, quiet demure sure mm-hmm. asking for the sale um asking again you know going back at it things of that nature so again it's just it turns into a basic belief of what can i do mm-hmm. uh, can i do this with what i have 
Mm. Um, such as with money. Um, you often hear the phrase, you know, working with clients, well, I don't have enough money to save, or I don't make enough to do this. I can't. Well, you can. You can. And it all starts with the belief that you can and that we can start making progress. It's the compound effect. Mm. Small things do matter. Certain moves forward does matter. Uh, we can start off with this, set a goal, start here and work toward it and just and, and check what you're doing. But the, the first the decision, once the decision, then we start making steps toward it. Mm. Capturing those evidences. Yeah. Yeah. So and take a look where you are. Because doing the podcast. I'd, I'd had a podcast before where I was by myself. And again, the cliche accountability partners. I have to meet Roberta every Monday at 10 a.m. Central. And I got to have the stuff together, whatever we've agreed to do as our parts of the podcast. And I have to have the stuff there. There's no, you got to be there. Gotta go. And we we'll record on Wednesdays. So, yeah, it's also, I mean, for me, I think you just, we need to learn our natures and, and stop fighting them. Okay. It is my nature to do things with other people. I am not a loner. <laughs> like I'm an independent woman. I can do this all by myself. Yeah, I can, but it's not fun, <laughs> you know, and I want to have fun. So, uh, Daph, let's do this together. Like, I don't, I guess we t- we're taught to fight our nature. Or we do fight our nature because a lot of things about women are put down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, in the asking thing, don't ask, be nice. That's, that's saying, Hey, you know what? Shut up. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say, but it's right. not true. So when you plow into our own nature and what are our gifts and what are our strengths and how can we help each other with that? You know, that was a big part of it for me because Daphne had been talking about her podcast for a while. And I'm like, that sounds like a really good idea, but I don't want to do this by myself. So it's like, um, Daphne, <laughs> yeah, to ask, you want to podcast right? with me? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to having to do with that. I mean, with, with podcasting, asking guests, right. Um, mm-hmm. figuring out what the right content is, you know, going and having those conversations. Um, and I know one of the things that you guys are really, you know, well-known for, and that you absolutely have mastered is, you know, content creation, so how, how does the ask happen with content creation and how do you guys produce so much content and get it out there? For me and Daphne's so much better at video. I'm just starting video. Oh, takes me all day to do one video, but I like to write. I always have. So, you know, there's always a method to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think having your morning times to where you've got some quiet time, you've got some time to think and, um, just mull what's happening in your life, what's going on in the world. And that really always pushes things forward for me as far as creating content. But the other easy things to go for are questions that you're always answering for your clients. Mm. Things you see out in the market, um, they're just dumb. Like, why are they doing that? (laughs) Can I get a rant? (laughs) Yeah. Can I get a good rant? Like if one more freaking person DMs me, do you make enough money? Would you like more business? Like I am literally in the process right now of writing a rant about that exact topic of being, oh, I'm like, I was like getting fired up on the back end. Yeah. Like, 
what's going on in your business? I'm like, none of your business. That's what's going on in my business. I don't freaking know you. What's going on in my business? Where's the pitch? Cause I feel it coming. Like (laughs) what's the angle you're going to approach on? Cause I've seen this sequence before. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so that's where I generally start with my content creation and, and I've been doing it solidly for about two years. And uh, Daphne said to me once, she's like, do you ever go back and look at your original ones? And I'm like, yeah, and they're awful. <laughs> but yeah, everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. With the, uh, with the video, again, everybody starts somewhere. Turn on the camera. Your phone is actually the best one. You don't have to spend. I'm going to come back there. Turn the phone on and start talking. Don't worry about picture quality, editing, any of that. Just start talking. Because I, I'm video centric because I hate sitting down and writing. That, that blank page stays blank. And I, I started leaning into my strengths instead of weaknesses. Mm. And I discovered uh, a great tool called Descript mm. that does a transcription of a video and I puts it into a Word doc. And the great thing is then you can edit from the Word doc as to how the video goes and so forth. So I guess the thing is I start finding tools mm-hmm. to help with content creation, mm-hmm. uh, something I want to do. And then it leads to doing some Googling it and you start stumbling upon tools that are out there to help you with it um, and deciding that you're going to post and what are you going to do? Um, there is some writing involved when you pick the medium that you're going to, I'm I'm using social media. When I say medium, Mm -hmm. you pick which one you like, not which one you often hear, where are your people or that sort of thing. Pick the one you like, the one that you, that you find yourself scrolling through. That's the one you use, whether, whatever it is, pinch the whole, there's a lineup there, Mm -hmm. the one you like. Then develop and actually write down a plan as to I'm going to post X amount of times a week, a day, or what have you, and stick to that because you're going to do what you like first. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason you may hate to do this. I don't like eating sugar free, I don't like non alcoholic beer. Well, stop drinking it. <laughs> You don't like non-alcoholic beer. I don't even know why that's a thing. Like right. <laughs> you like beer. Okay. So calories, da, 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 da. Okay. Then we might have to work another way with the beer. Maybe you got to cut yourself back to X amount of beers in a time period and so forth, but you don't like non-alcoholic beer. So, so stop doing it. So that's the thing with content creation, the stuff you don't like doing. Yeah. You need to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, if yeah, you can find another thing, method. Great. Right. If it's not what you're saying, Daphne, you don't like to write, but you you'll record it and turn it into a transcript and you wrote. Right. 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 So so that helps with content creation. Find a way that is something that you want to do. How do because you you figure out how what you like doing. Do you like sitting down talking in front of the microphone? Do you like sitting with a notebook like Roberta does? And then do that. Stop trying to fix what does that improve your weaknesses? Remember how yeah. they taught us that in school? Yep. Okay. You know, you might want to get them to a point, but that, that constantly working and sweating, trying to come on. No, I mean, that doesn't work. Um, 
Which it's that's an interesting question because um, I know I know when I figured out when I had to do that that's flip so where I had to stop trying to improve my weaknesses and when mm-hmm. I really leaned into my strengths was when I started being more successful in my corporate career which obviously led me down the path to eventually becoming an entrepreneur and doing the same in terms of declaring your niche mm-hmm. and what it is that you do in terms of a, you know a career and a business. When did you guys have that shift? What was that moment where you remembered that you had to stop improving your weaknesses and really double down on your strengths? For me, it was actually, I did a major shift about 90 days ago Mm. because I came out of a life insurance. Mm. When I, when I left corporate America, I stepped into life insurance and um, because the underlying thing is, is that I want to help grown women design their own form of financial independence. Because mm. uh, you, you hear that phrase a lot and it has to be, it has to be your design because what's mm. financial independence to you is not the same to me. Mm-hmm. So, and, and how to design that. And so when you start with money, you hear that. So I wanted to, to coach to, so that they feel confident about making financial decisions. Because once again, we just talked about what you like. You feel confident in doing something. You may not know everything because we don't, but I'm confident I can make this decision about planning for retirement, about buying this house, about how I'm going to get the kids through college or, or something of that nature. If you've got confidence, you'll step forward, you'll get out there and do it. And to turn loose something that I knew how to do, that I knew how to make work and I know how to sell insurance how to sell life insurance but that's not really what you want to do it got you to a point put you gave you knowledge confidence and so forth but this is what you really want to do so to focus like primarily on my coaching business Mm. more so than life insurance yeah for me it's been a lot a lot longer (laughs) I was in sales for 20 years and uh, mortgage sales and uh it's funny they wanted us to be really good at sales and detail oriented like, okay, these things don't go in the same pot <laughs> unless you're a psychopath, right? But, uh, I would constantly, at some points, even be rated for having messy paperwork. I'm like, dude, like this is, but we also, like Daphne was saying earlier, this is how we were taught in school. So it was still in my mind, like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm really good at sales. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at paperwork. I've got to work on my paperwork was ridiculous. So I, I, uh, went to a coaching uh, seminar over a weekend and they presented the whole 80, 20 theory. And I literally was almost in tears. I'm like, somebody finally understands why are you pounding what's bringing 20% of your results instead of pounding what's bringing 80% of your results. This is crazy. And I was like, Oh oh my God. (laughs) It took me a while to really get into it. And there's still times that, um, I mean, there's times you have to do stuff that you're not that great at. I'm mm-hmm. terrible with technology. And there are times I call Daphne and like, you got to walk me through this. I don't, you know, I don't have five grand to call somebody and get a WordPress word site tomorrow. Can you just <laughs> help me? And she'll help me through mm-hmm. it. Right. But to constantly put ourselves in a position where we're, you know, it, it, going back to Daphne's diet analogy, if you're constantly eating stuff you hate, Mm. you are going to either you're going to have a horrible life or you're eventually just going to go straight back to 
eating crap. So, and I know there's some, you know, we can talk about reframing and, and this and that there, whatever, but all of us have a skill set that we can lean into and lean into hard and say, okay, if I focus 80% of my energy here, I only have to do 20% of the stuff that I'm really not that great at. I don't have to be really good at it. Just got to get it done. Right. Yeah. Or hire it out. Right. I mean, when you start making them more of the money, right. Is, is leveraging that and leveraging, you know, hiring for your weaknesses, which means that that person's strengths is your weakness. Absolutely. And so they, they, they find joy. I mean, a lot of what you're talking about in terms of is, is really creating more ease in your life Mm -hmm. and your business, like lean into your passion, lean into your strengths, find the things that you want to do. Um, instead of trying to fight it all the time. And it always, you know, can feel sometimes, especially, you know, I I think it's at every stage of the business. It's just this, this duality that's fighting itself and you're having to find the right way to move forward. And um, I know there's, you know, crazy analogy, but in in the, because I have kids, in the Disney movie, you know, um, Beauty and the Beast, Mm -hmm. there's the fathers at the, at a crossroads and there's one path that's like dark and dreary and one that's like, you know, autumn and light and light filled. And he goes down the dark and dreary path. And it's just like, why it feels like a lot of times people choose that harder path. I don't know if it's this like warrior mentality of I have to prove myself. And if it's, if it's easy, then it's dismissed. What do you guys think, you know, what, what is that about? Well, and what do you I tell your it's clients? cultural too? Yeah. I, I think it's, it's so cultural. cultural. Cause with <laughs> content creation, you go to, um, and it's, it's that you're worried about what are people going to think of you? Um, yeah. And with content creation, because as um, out here as a coach or just whatever your business is, it's okay that you don't get everybody because you actually, you don't want everybody. And it's okay if folks are not for you. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to read the comments but you've got to give your authentic voice out there. And that helps with content creation. If you, if you're having problems producing content, what I found is because you're trying to fit into this thing you think folks want. So be you and the folks that dig you, that want to do business with you, will find you because you, well, if you're producing content, that's you, it'll resonate and they'll talk to you. And that in turn will get more content out and even dictate your business as to what you're producing for them. These yeah. folks may not want an ebook out of you. They may want a checklist or they may want you to show up X amount of times talking to them for five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. That'll lead to this yeah. or what have you. you I love that. Tell Responding you to how your people engage. I mean, I talk about right. identify your strengths, right? What are your strengths? How do you like to show up? <clears throat> but how does your audience like to engage? And there's ways of making it happen. I mean, Daphne, you're the perfect example of maybe your people want like reading, but that's not how you like to, you don't like writing. And so Mm -hmm. you're going to do the video. You're going to transcribe it so that your audience engages with your content in the way that they like to engage. Mm -hmm. Right. In pre-sale, you know, when you're in attraction mode and marketing mode, which is the attractor, attract and repel, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to speak their language. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see my client base make. They use terms and phrases that are industry and you're like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. So skip, scroll. <laughs> right. Well, they <laughs> like, use I'm the happy for you. Language, right. Yeah. I've seen people do this all the time. They talk about cash and money and they're wanting to charge like 20, 30, 40, $50,000. And I was like, Hey, someone who's making that amount of money who can afford that price point in their business, 
they're not talking cash and money. That's a lower level money frequency. They're talking about revenues and profit margins. Mm -hmm. And so when they hear someone talk about cash dismissed, because Mm -hmm. you're not working with people on my level. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to go find my person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, my guys will will use heavy industry terms. They're like, Oh, but my friends like it. I'm like, your friends are happy for you. That's something, but they don't (laughs) assume they don't think it's for them. Yeah. And they need to know it's for them. Well, and are your friends even buying from you? So yeah. if they're not buying from you, then why are you getting right. their opinion yeah. on your content? <laughs> right. Um, which I guess, you know, it's, it's, I guess it is fine to mix it up. We got to talk about ourselves sometimes, but Absolutely. You know, when you're in marketing mode, it's always about the client. It's always in their language. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are the folks who, what are your people who talk to you? What are they talking about? Wow. So when I say grown women, and then you, you start to figure out, because they're talking to you, what they're asking you about. You start really listening to the question. Okay. Why do you feel you can't, you can't, you can't save for retirement? You know, you girlfriend, you're 42 years old and you've got maybe $250 in your savings account, (laughs) right? 250. And you, you, you're putting 3% of your, uh, of your gross pay into your 401k and you don't have anything else going on. Mm. so before folks start bashing me with the 401k you don't have anything else going on you, there's nothing anywhere else where's uh, the insurance where are the roths where how are you diversifying right. but, but you got you know but you got a badass audi and your shoe game is on point yes and you're renting an expensive right. apartment so wait a minute so i'm certainly not going to go latte factor on you but we need to sit down and take a look and make a decision about what's important mm-hmm. and, and how we're going to go about yeah. taking care of it because we can, you know, yeah. th- there's a way. And that's who I'm talking to because on the outside, she looks like she's got it going on, but you scratch, yeah. said, you, you scratch the surface. Okay. And um, the, yeah. the 401k is an example. There's a, there's a lot of financially about that. It's, it's stupid. Why are you doing that? It's limited and so forth. One of the reasons about what makes employer retirement so cool is that it's easy to do. Mm. You can set it and it, that's a place to get started. It's an easy win to start putting away X amount of dollars, which is going to have to be more because you're not 25, you're 45. <laughs> you're not a nice person, Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that sort of thing. So that's just an example. And mm-hmm a decision, move on it. It's easier. That's why you get started there. Cause it's an easy place to get started. Mm. And once you get started, cause I'm sure you've, you've seen that on your journey. Once you start looking at something, it leads you to information about something else. Mm-hmm. That's even more, you know, it's in line. Yeah. It? It's building those tiny habits, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's do one thing at a time here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, a lot of times, you know, we, I mean, I always talk about, you want to, you want to focus on the long-term game because the short game will take care of itself. So what is the plan? What are you working for? That doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're not taking these incremental steps. And one of the things that you shared Daphne was, you know, you, you keep talking about talking to people, mm-hmm. right. And, and getting that information. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to content, they just kind of create it in a vacuum you or are. they, think that this is what they, their people want to hear or whatever it is, or maybe they're thinking about a conversation they had 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or even maybe Mm -hmm. six months ago. Mm -hmm. But from what I know in terms of your engagement and what you've been sharing today, it's that you are all about this constant touch point, constantly talking to people and seeing what it is that that conversation really is. Because if your content isn't aligning to that, 
mm-hmm. then how can you attract your people? Exactly. Yeah. And it isn't all just via computer or social media. It's, it's actually getting out because now we can get out again. Are you suggesting people be human again? <laughs> and, and what are they talking about in your social groups at church? Uh, the women that hang out uh, and do various things together. Mm. You know, I, um, what, what are they talking about when we just sit back yeah. with a glass and are just talking? Just talking. So, and you're listening and it's like, okay. Okay. But listening and talking without the angle, without the selling, right. without oh, yeah. that, oh, yeah. you're not close you like that. Because Mm-mm. I think people now are so sensitive to talking to someone because everyone is always trying to sell and, and, and convert oh, sure. and, you know, ABCing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's part of the, you know, how to sell in a non-sale world. You really do have to come at it with with an openness, if the opportunity presents itself, if somebody asks you, you know, you answer <laughs> Yeah, or you <laughs> can always know. say, I don't want your money. I yeah. don't want to do this for free for the rest right. of my life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, or you ask, would you be open to, but the habit of the fake rapport, the fake friendship, like, Oh, well, maybe I like it here. Or maybe I'm just being nice to Kat. So she'll ask me if she can help me with my business. That's bullshit. Like, right. you know, we talk about authenticity, but mm-hmm. if you don't, if you, if you've engaged someone, if you've engaged in a group, if you're trying to, Hey, do I, are these my people or not my people? And they're not, then you need to move on. There's, Mm. you know, the, the openness of, of letting someone say, no, this is not for me, or you saying it for yourself, Hey, this isn't for me. And then you need to move on, but getting to the truth of, of uh, what these people need and are you the right person to meet it as opposed to will these people buy from me? Because we say, and we're being told, okay, you got to do relationship selling, but if you're faking it, mm. it's like, the, I always say it's the first lie you've told to your potential client. Mm. Yep. It's, it has a lot to do with intention. If someone buys, it's always great. Right. But the intention is, is having to understand what strategy are you using with what intent in order to get to what results. And then stacking those strategies to get to those revenue targets. It's not wrong to make money and to sell, but it's all about how you engage a person in terms of building that relationship and valuing it over a transaction. Right. And some things are tough to make non-transactional like life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's, there is a difference between B2B and B2C. Right. Mm -hmm. In terms of engagement and sometimes like that, because I think, you know, for the most part, and when in a B2C world, people tend to be already very clear on what they're going to buy when they engage. When you engage mm-hmm. and call a plumber, you know, right. like <laughs> when you engage and call someone in life insurance, like, right, it's kind of a right. given that that conversation is going to be steered in that way. In a B2B world, it feels more like dating, right? And there's this, you know, I mean, of course, you're going to get three insurance, three quotes from whoever, but mm-hmm. the likelihood is that someone's going to activate and action something. But what's common in both those worlds is that clients come to you in crisis. And I think a lot of people don't realize that or, or, or really own the fact that most clients come to you when they are in a serious point of pain. And mm-hmm. how do you have that conversation? It's, it's the impetus for change, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't take this anymore. You yeah. go from, from uh, chronic to acute. Yeah. 
and and then you call the doctor because your foot's been hurting for two years, but now you can't walk. I just did that. So like I had apparently (laughs) lodged in my eye, in my left eye for a month. There was a piece of plastic shard (gasps) in my eye. And I was like, it stings and it hurts more when I rub it, but it'll go away. (laughs) And a month later, I like go to the eye doctor and he's like, yeah, there's something in your eye. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you lived with something in your eye for that long. I like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, oh, I've got like cancer in my eyes. <laughs> we all do it though. Like I did that with uh, my allergies, like literally just taking five, six, seven allergy pills a day until finally I drug myself. Cause I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't keep my head up. I was mm-hmm. sleeping at my desk, drug myself to the allergy doctor after like how many years, but yeah, we all do it. Now, this is where your content creation really comes into play, right? When your person becomes problem aware then solution aware and they want to find you if you have been presenting that hey this is my solution and this is who I am as a person because just like you went to an eye doctor how many eye doctors are there out there well some people will just google and find the cheapest and the closest and and that's the way that goes whatever it is but that has everything to do with content too right like going to the closest person is the same which is are you and, and you know Daphne and Roberta you both hit on this which is the consistency aspect being consistent brings you closer to the gravitational pull of that person if they've been paying attention. And so when they look up and they say, oh my God, I need to fix this now. And you've been posting content consistently and you've been in their space. They're going to go to you. They're going to ask you for that quote, because I mean, I say consistency is one of the biggest risk mitigators you can leverage in your business. I think so. Because how you show up for yourself is how you show up for your clients. Yeah. I think the most important thing is message and then consistent message is second. Yes. I mean, all of that, like, but it all underlines in terms of, you know, podcasting, be consistent. Yes. It can be shit at the beginning, but like (laughs) it's the evolution of the process, but you can't get to an evolved state without doing something consistently. You can't. Like, so the, the consistency of the podcasting, the consistency of the sale, the consistency of the content, the consistency of the conversation right? It's all lives and breathes with you being willing to master whatever it is that you've decided you want to master. Right. And there is some sweat involved. It, yeah. it isn't take a pill and it's wonderful. Right. <laughs> there there that- are those, but they're not going to make money in your business unless you're right. sleeping on the street. So, <laughs> well, and they, but you know what, even those individuals, the, uh, the uh, street pharmaceutical salesmen, they work hard. <laughs> they make it look easy like oh yeah i'm just hanging out and the rest of the night is women and and whatever it is you're still taking risk that's for sure that take risk but those individual everybody works i think mm. that's just that's just what i want to get across everybody works now there are people who put swag on it and make it look cool right but they work they work uh they, they talk about uh guess I'm aging myself. Uh, Dr. J was the, was the first to come up with the finger roll for the layup. Mm. And you, you'd had just basic, you know, basketball. And he made things look beautiful, the dunk, the finger roll and so forth. And he said that when they were talking to him, they said, I gave the appearance that I didn't work at this stuff. Mm. That it was just easy. That I was just born blind Dr. Rare. J. Right. Yep. No, he says, I worked hard to make it look easy. He said, because the thing was to look cool where he came from. He's from, I think he's from New York. Mm-hmm. And the thing was to look cool because the girls were at the basketball court. So 
that became the thing to look not only just to get the ball in the basket, but to look cool while you put the ball easy. in the basket to make it look easy. And sometimes, particularly those of us that in this new arena of what the internet has brought us, that uh, you just make a couple of videos and you know you do a couple of podcasts. And it's like, I just made you know twenty four million dollars in twenty four hours with this one strategy, this one right. video, this one email. Right. So that's to get that's to get the person who's looking for that to, to the give you the ninety seven bucks yeah. of things of that nature. Yeah. But no, you have to spend that, ten thousand dollars on the stuff that it took to build the list. Right. But this guy spent years <laughs> developing this that you just paid ninety seven bucks for. He did. He took he or she took years to put that together and probably decades. Sure. Right. Like and a lot of it and we see this a lot of times, too. It's those strategies that they leverage aren't always mm-hmm. still the ones that they are actually using or they're not sharing all the things that are required oh, to be yeah. a part of it. Or it's an outdated strategy that doesn't work anymore. But because right. it made money at some point, they keep reselling it. It's why we see so many people on LinkedIn and Facebook, all the platforms sliding into the DMs and doing these pitch slaps, right? I call them pitchy peats. They connect and then they send you this, buy this thing from me. Did that work five years ago? Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work anymore, but it keeps being sold because someone learned it and a copy of a copy of a copy of a program gets right. made. But that's yeah. where like standing in your strength, standing in your voice, you know, using content, using podcasting, like you guys are saying, really helps create that unique brand, that unique experience that stands on its own two feet. Sure. And yeah. podcasting e- e- evolves. And so that's the one thing I've learned in this. And we're now 40 plus episodes. It evolves and, it, and that's cool because it, it's not going to stay where it is always use my, my, my number one touchstone, Joe Rogan. Um, you can still get Spotify for free. Go look at episode one. <laughs> also, don't go look at my episode one. <laughs> go like, look at episode there's, one. There's some times where you just want to be like, we're just going to go and we're going to start at episode 25 because yeah. like, that's no. about when I started figuring shit out. <laughs> right. And I always say, go look at episode one. Because my man signed a contract for $200 million after 11 years. But go look at episode years, one. guys. With the Christmas tree month. lights. And they're mm-hmm. literally in his bachelor pad in the bedroom with a laptop sitting in the center and a bad microphone and Christmas tree lights for atmosphere, smoking weed. And poof. I think we should have Christmas tree lights. <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, the, the evolution of his studio from actually getting one. And even that has evolved. But the money was there to invest in it. It wasn't the thing that made him. It was doing no. the work right. and doing it consistently so that it then created the predictability of revenues right. and things like that in their business. Because right. he, he started off with a basic Logitech camera and a laptop and yeah. a bad microphone. It's a bad microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Even for then, it was a bad microphone. We all got to start somewhere. Well, and that's that's what it is. This proof of, proof of concept can only be created when you start actually leveraging it and using it and doing it. Right. Um, and again, you know, I know that like my 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 um, sports analogy there is always Michael Jordan, which is you know he perfected the free throw. And then he did it at least 30 times or so a day. He already right. had mastered it, but he continued to engage his skills so that he continued to be able to claim mastery of the skill. It's not one and done. It's not achieved and done. It's a continual process. Mm-hmm. And then, and he Absolutely. took the, the change in his game. 
Because if mm-hmm. you look at early Michael, he was a high flyer. I mean, mm-hmm. he, and there's he, ego and all this other yeah. stuff. And, and he, he was jumping out of the gym. and yeah. <clears throat> all this stuff that make a difference later down the line. I mean, and you can look at that in terms of the evolution of a business where you go mm-hmm. from being by yourself, right? And got to do everything by your own. You're all cocky. I am living the high life, blah, 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 Facebook facade kind of stuff going into more of a, all right, I'm building out my team. I need to create engagement. I need to, you know, and all that. And then getting to more of an empire where he can then step out of even playing basketball and mm-hmm. just say, you know what, this year I'm doing baseball. <laughs> I'm doing baseball. Now I own a team. Right. Yeah. And now all of the team, you know, commissioners and all that stuff come to me for advice. Um, so you guys, gals, I would say guys, um, have been amazing. And I know you have so much more to share with people. How can our listeners today get in touch with you? Well, as, uh, as our podcast, we've got a, got a website, grownwomengrowingwell.com. I'll be sure to get to the link for the show notes. Hey, go there, subscribe. So you can get, uh, the latest updates of when we drop an episode and we are building community. We're building community. So uh, we've also got a Facebook page. Uh, what is it? Wealth Podcast on uh, Facebook. So, you know, go there, uh, check us out, see what we're doing. And for me as an individual, the best way to keep up with me is on Instagram mm-hmm. uh, via the smart money chick. Uh, I'm there. Uh, I've got a link in my bio that goes to my uh, link tree. So, you know, you can jump to various pages like website all that stuff but the best way to as i said keep up with me is via instagram awesome and you roberta yes for me um you can email me at roberta i'm sure i'll be the, in the show notes yep. um and you can find me i'm usually on facebook or linkedin um i've just started a show on linkedin that gets posted over to facebook that's called what to do with your review so if you are a business owner in a me too business which is if somebody next to you says me too when you say i am a blank that's you <laughs> um Particularly, I'm directed towards realtors and mortgage professionals, but we're using the five-star reviews to learn how to communicate and market with the language of the client directly back at them. Um, So that's on my Facebook, which is Roberta Ravella um, every Thursday. Awesome. Yeah. I always say that if you want to look at what marketing strategies have worked over time, definitely go check out what real estate agents are doing. Their follow-up game is fierce. Um, and you know, any parting words for you guys. And of course, uh, all those show notes are going to reflect those links that you guys just, you gals just shared. No, thank you so much for having us. It's always fun. It's always good to see you. Oh, get started. Mm. Whatever you got in your head, get started. If it's a podcast, sit down and get started. Uh, if it's about changing, you know, changing your money game, just get started. Pick something. Yeah. Go buy, go buy $5 of Bitcoin. <laughs> right. I mean, and that goes true for whether you're, you're starting out or you're keeping going. I mean, every day is an opportunity to get started. Sure. Sure. All but, diets work if you work the diet. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you ladies for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, thanks Thank for you. having us. <laughs>